And that is actually the scripture I'm going to start with today. Now, let me tell you why this video did not play today. Well, yes, obviously the sound didn't work. But there's a message in that video that I do believe that God wants to get across to us. Some of you have seen this video before. I know because it was already loaded in the computer, so that means Cricket has used it at some point. But it was a powerful, powerful video. So if you have not seen it, it started with the man walking in as God in this video. And it's that day. It's that day that we will all stand before God. And he calls them forth and he calls them out by what they were to do on this earth. So he calls the first one, and I may not be exact. I think he calls the first one an accountant. He says, accountant, John, step forth. And the man kind of walks up slowly and says, but I'm not an accountant. And he goes on to explain how if he would have been that accountant, how he would have touched the lives and God would have put him with two men who would have helped with the finances to get ministries going to change millions of lives. Then another man comes up that he calls forth. And that man is a pastor, a minister of some type. You can tell by what he's wearing. And he calls him something other than a pastor. And he said, but I have served you faithfully. My entire life, I've reached this many people, had this many people in service. He said, but if I did not call you to be the pastor, I called you into this. And if you would have done that, this is what would have happened. Then the third person steps forward, and it happens to be a lady. It happens to be a mom, and she steps forth. And she said, but God, he just calls her by name, and he calls her forth. And she said, but God, I didn't reach millions. I didn't go on the mission trips. I didn't do this. I just raised three children. And he stops and he looks at her. And she's in that moment of brokenness, that moment of her head down. And he says, I never called you to go on mission trips and go to the nations. I never called you to do what you and your mom believed that that you were supposed to do. I called you to raise three children. And let me show you what those three children did in the millions of lives they've touched And I tell you, I'm going to be a little bit emotional today because we had a pre-service prayer in here. If you guys, there were several in here joining us. And I tell you, I could really feel the Holy Spirit move. And I know that the Holy Spirit is moving because our time on this earth is limited. Amen. I think some of us take for granted, some of us grew up in the days of hearing that Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. You know, you heard it a lot, you hear in the 70s, the 80s, there were different times, there were movies uh, put out about it where people heard it. But what we have forgotten, what we don't see is there's whole generations, I'm 39, so they're, a little, they're younger than me, but there are whole generations who have not lived through those mass times of people preaching that God is coming back until recently until 2020 when COVID hit when things began to happen when the world began to break down when violence and things were going on and then people it sparked something that sparked something and people began to hear it again because this cry is ringing out first of all for those who don't know the Lord who don't know the salvation in Jesus Christ to come back to him but also those who do It is time to step up in power. Amen? And so that is what revival is about. Revival is for those who don't know the Lord, but revival is as much about a refreshing and an awakening from the complacency that the enemy puts on us on a daily basis. Amen? I don't know about you guys, but I know that I need it. Amen? And so when we were walking in here praying this morning, praying over the seats, praying over those that are watching online, God just spoke to my heart. And I tell you, this has happened. And and you know it's God when this happens. When you come in and you have a message or whatever you're doing. And then I believe it started last night with a text I sent to poor Jerry and Leah at I think 9 o'clock. That I was going... This is the ending scripture that God gave me. I already had the scripture. It was somewhere else in the notes. And God said, end with this because I have a purpose and I have a reason. Then this morning when we were in here praying and we were walking and we were going and we were 
just pouring out our hearts to God. God said, you're going to begin with this, which is not in the notes. And so I'm like, okay, so you guys, we are just going to go with what the Holy Spirit does this morning. Amen. Because revival is going to start when we reach out and we go after and we grasp what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. Revival is going to begin when we begin to be honest, honest with ourselves, honest with what's going on, honest about we need a direction and we need a touch from God. If you showed up this morning or even if you couldn't make it this morning and you're watching online or, or you're somewhere else and you watch this later, God is beginning something today. And it's not just about one service and it's not about four services and it's not just about the prophetic words that are going to come and the messages that are going to be spoken and the day of worship that we're going to worship and cry out to God. But it is building. Amen. And I tell you what. So the first day of the revival or the first day in the series of revival, we are going to do a thing that is going to begin and going to determine what we allow God to do in our lives. And you may say, well, what does that mean, allow God to do in our lives? We have to, by faith, receive what he has for us. We have to break down our walls and who we are in order for him to move. So I know this may not be the prophetic service or the worship service or these different amazing services that are coming. But I know for the people, for people, the first service is so, so important to prepare our hearts and to be open in a way that we have never been open before for what is to come. Amen. Amen. Because I know this. And I, I'm going to share a little testimony. And this came this morning, came back to my mind. And God told me to share it in a way. He brought it back to me in a way that I've never looked at it before, I guess. So Cricket and I have been married for 16 years. I've been a mom for almost 13 years. I'm 39 years old. But my ministry did not begin really until I was 33. I'd already been married many years before that to a pastor. But the ministry that God had for me didn't begin until I was 33. It didn't begin until I was completely broken to God. Amen. It didn't begin until I began crying out and asking God, like this video said, what is your purpose in your calling for me? Not just as a wife, not just as a mom, because he did call me to those things. But what is your purpose for me? What have you called me to? And then not only it's not about what he's called us to, because you know your purpose and your calling really is not about you. It's about the lives and the people that you are going to affect and change because of the ministry that he is trying to put in on this earth through you. Amen? And I tell you that God is going to do some amazing and miraculous things in this service if we will be open and sensitive to what he's going to do. So what does that look like? So I say I was 33 years old, and I say that it took an immense breaking down. And I tell you, for everyone, it's different. Some of you today may already be at the point of broken. You may be at that place in God where you just cry out to him and you say, I cannot handle this anymore. I cannot take this load. I cannot bear this burden. Or you may be saying, God, I've been believing and praying for the ministry that you have for my life, whether it be in ministry or in another area, God, I just trust and believe and release it to you. You may be there. But then there may be some of you that are a little bit more resistant to it. You may have a wall up that you don't realize you have a wall up. And that's what revival is about. It is about a new awakening and breaking down what the enemy is, the walls the enemy is trying to put up. Because he does not want you to see a breakthrough in your life. He does not want you to have a true breakthrough. I'm not just talking about a service where you feel good and you hear God, but you leave and then it's, I mean, a true true breakthrough, the kind of breakthrough that you can't ever go back from, that you can't ever step back and be what you once were because of what only God could do. Amen. How many of you guys believe this morning that God is going to do that during this revival? Amen. Amen. Because I know that he is, I'm declaring that he is, and I know that he is in the lives. And I don't believe it's just the lives of one or two or three. I believe that we are going to have mass people see an awakening in their life because I was 33 then I'm 33 now. 
no, 33 then, 39 now, thinking I'm still 33, but I'm 39 now, and I know this, for the first six years so far, we're coming up on six years, going into the seventh year, God has been sensing, I've been sensing in me that stirring of a shift, and the shift be this, I've spent the first six years ministering, speaking, one-on-one in groups with women, different people, about the healing power of God and getting healed because that's what God did in my life. I was the hardest kind. I was the kind that didn't know they needed it, thought I was okay. I wasn't hurt. I wasn't broken. I was tough enough. That's the hardest kind sometimes to break through because we think, God, this person over here, they have it so rough. God, heal them, but I'm okay. I've got this. And that is so not true. We're probably the most difficult ones, hard-headed ones to deal with because we think that we can hold it together. But I'm here to tell you, you cannot hold it together. And when push comes to shove and that moment comes in your life, you will not be able to. I'm here to say, no, you can't. You cannot hold it together. We're going to proclaim some things later in this service that God is saying and God is speaking. And we're going to speak it together. But I'm going to now begin the message. Because see, at 33... When I say the ministry began, our ministry begins with our testimony. Amen? Our testimony of what God did. He didn't just get us through something so that we could get through it and we could move on. He got us through it for our testimony, to share it, so that God can flow through us and help others through the word of your testimony. It is by this word, this word that God gave us and the word of your testimony that people are set free. And to start with one I shared, Isaiah, and it keeps coming, wants us to understand this. And that is forget the former things. We're going to declare today that as of this moment, watching this, sitting in this service, we are forgetting the former things. We are putting under the blood what we need to put under the blood, and then we are turning and we are walking out in freedom. Amen? Then the scripture says, do not dwell on the past. God knew it was important enough to put that in here. Don't just forget it because he knows us. We're going to dwell. He then went to say, do not dwell on the past. The enemy in this scripture, the warning in this scripture coming in is the dwelling, is the dwelling on that thing that is trying to torment you. The thing that you won't let go of, the thing that somebody won't let you let go of, the thing that keeps coming back to your mind, that is the dwelling. And he says, do not dwell on the past because it is a stumbling block to what comes next in that scripture. And it says, see a new thing. Amen. Amen. And see, people read that wrong sometimes and think God has done everything. That's not right. But what he's saying here is he is doing a new thing in you. Amen. Who is ready this morning for a new thing? Who is ready? Let me hear you shout this morning. Amen. Amen. I'm ready for the new thing. I'm ready for the shift. I'm ready for the push. I tell you what, I have been to the place of declaring I want God's will for my life. And then God saying, okay, your will is cut. My will is coming. But in order for that to happen, things have been broke. The things have to be broken down. And that's a scary place. But I tell you what, every bit of it, everything that happened during that time was all to the glory of God. And was all worth what he's doing. And I'm going to explain what that means in a minute. Because Bible study, God showed me something before. And so when God does that in your life, when God begins you to show you something new about a situation that you've dealt with a long time, it's because he's wanting to do something in it. So in order for us to do that, we have agreed this morning. We've got to do, there's an forget. That's two scriptures now. Beginning of what God began to do in my life, in ministry. And what he, like what he has for all of us. It not only required a breaking, it required a reaching out to God in a way I had never reached or had faith before. I remember at the beginning of it, before anything was bad, before I was hit with this immense physical just anguish and mental anguish and all of that, I remember knowing. my knees praying and crying but what happened in that moment is going to do and it was a battle it was a life and death 
battle at times. And we're going to talk about that battle because because we are all facing battles. And some of us are in different places in our battles. And some of us are out of place in battles. And you may say, what does that mean? We're going to talk about what that means. Because if you're fighting a battle that's not yours to fight, the enemy can take you out. Some of us have to let go of the battles we're trying to fight that are not ours to fight. And we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about a story in the Bible that shows us we have got to let go. Because I've seen firsthand what happens when people jump in thinking they know what's best, thinking they know what happens in the middle of a real battle where the enemy is fighting and God is fighting and the warring is happening in the supernatural. And there are those around and some don't make it through and some do. And there's a reason that that happens. And we're going to talk about that today. So now we've talked about letting go. We have talked about pushing when we think we can't push. Now we're going to read this scripture, 1 Thessalonians 2, 4 through 6. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. The purpose is to please God, not people. Amen? Amen? He alone examined your motive and your heart. He alone examines your motive in your heart. Never once did we try to win. Never once did we try to win you over with flattery, as you know well. God is our witness, and we are not pretending to be your friends. So I want to stop right there a minute. It is not for someone else to tell you what your relationship is with God. Amen. But we are here for each other. That when. When things happen and when people are going in different directions, it is our job to lovingly say, okay, the enemy is leading you down the wrong path. Amen? But I want to read this again because it says we've got a responsibility here to speak as messengers approved by God because he is entrusting us with the good news. He is entrusting us, those who are living on this earth today that know him, he is entrusting us to get the news out. Amen? In a time that we have not seen one like this, most of us ever in our lifetime. He is entrusting us. I love this. The other day we were driving and Craig and I always text back each other these things that we hear, the podcast, different things like that. And um, this minister, he is a revivalist, and he was speaking about what our nation is going through. And he said there was a time during the peace and love movement in that time of God that they were sharing and revival was pouring out in love and peace, and it was the Lamb that was pouring out revival, and that's what the world needed. And he went on to talk about, but now we are in the time of the lion. Amen? And it is time for a lion-style revival, and that is what it's going to take, to speak out truth to a world that does not want to hear truth, to speak out what God's Word says to those who don't know. Because I tell you this, there are more out there that don't know what God's Word says than, than there are that are fighting what God's word says. See, God is warning those who don't know. They were not even alive in the time when great revivals were taking place or when people were saying the end is near, God is coming back. They were not here then. They are here in a time of confusion. They are here in a time when they need to know the truth of God. And we have to be the voices to speak that truth of God. So this revival, this revival that God is doing is going to be about boldness. It is going to be about speaking truth. Whether or not the world wants to hear the truth, it is about speaking truth. But for it to be about God and the Holy Spirit and what he is trying to do. God, if you're hearing any of that, know this, God examines your heart. He knows the truth. We may can fool people or, or people may judge us wrongly, but God knows our heart. I talk to the girls, and I relate this back to girls because that's my world, work, God, girls. But I always ask them, what is your heart? God knows your heart. God knows what your heart is in this situation. It's not about what you tell me. It's not about what you don't tell me. It's not about what you tell your friends. It's about your heart and your motives and being right with God. See, there's a purity and a perfecting that, that God is trying to do, that inner thing in us 
that he is trying to do. He's trying to push out all of that hurt, anger, mismotives, all of those things so that he can fill us up with his purity, his perfection, his will, because we are flawed people, but God is perfect, amen, and he has a perfect will for our life. So the first day, the first service of this revival is going to be about that. We're going to go on here because we talked about hurt before, and we've talked about healing before, and we've talked about the enemy and what he can do in our lives, but I want to take a verse of scripture here a minute, and we're going to look at something that God laid on my heart last week in preparation for this revival, and I tell you, he spoke it to me because I believe this. I believe this area is a blind spot in our lives. I believe that this area is a blind spot that many of us have, have had, will have, that God says, I've put it in my word, and I want to open the eyes to what is happening, what is to come, or what happened that maybe you have been dwelling on, you've been hurt by, and you can't figure out what happened, and it's been eating you up. And I believe the, the best, most wonderful thing God does for us sometimes is to open our eyes and set us free. Amen? Set us free with the peace that only he can give, the peace that surpasses all understanding. So today we're going to read a story, and I tell you a story in the Bible. There's a lot of stories in the Bible, and those stories are for the purpose of us to find ourselves in the scripture, find what the word says, but also see what the enemy did. See that sneak attack that is trying to come in our lives and stomp it out before the enemy can do it. Amen? And I believe this, this word of God, this true word of God, is how he sets us free if we jump into it. So we are going to talk about a story that I'm, I'm sure probably everybody in this room has heard. Most of you online, if not everybody's heard this. But we're going to break it down today. And we're going to go to Exodus 17. And I'm going to jump around a little bit, but this is the story of Moses. So we're going to be in here. We're going to be at Moses, but we're going to look at the lives of the people in this story a minute. Okay, so first we're going to kind of set the scene. It says, this is talking about the people. But they were tormented with thirst. They continue to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, our livestock with thirst? And then Moses cried out to the Lord, what should I do with these people? They are going to stone me. So this all begins in turmoil, in chaos, in a time when, you know, people feel like, why did you do this to me? And it's back and forth and it's chaotic. Have any of us ever been in a situation like that or seen that kind of situation? So it begins in chaos. It begins in turmoil, just one on top of another. But then what we see here is it says, The Lord said to Moses, walk in front of the people, take your staff, use it. He struck, use the same one you struck the water out of the Nile. Call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock of Mount Sinai. So he struck it. So Moses struck the rock, water gushed out as the elders looked on. Moses named this place Manasseh, and it goes on because the people of Israel argued with Moses and tested the Lord saying, is this Is the Lord here with us or not? So we see, okay, this happened. So what happened was the people were, there was a fight going on. There was turmoil. There was chaos. Moses cried out to God and God answered. Amen? But we're going to see that that's a pattern throughout the scripture. But we're going to skip ahead to Exodus 17, 8. It says, while the people of Israel were still in Redim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. And Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the Amaleks for us. Tomorrow I will stand on the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses commanded and went to fight the army. So here we, so we see this. We see that God blessed in the previous situation. He gave them the water that they needed. But we see an attack is coming and an attack is real. And I don't know about you guys, but it's, does it seem like sometimes in this world, everywhere we look, turn, social media, no matter where it is, we see attacks one after the other. So there are attacks going on in our world. But God is speaking. God is moving. God is here with us if we cry out to him. See, Moses cried out when the chaos was going on. So what we're going to see here is there was Moses 
you're going to see Aaron, you're going to see her, and you're going to see Joshua. Now, one of the things that God spoke to me about this time, in this time of revival, and the time of setting free and letting go, is understanding one thing. That God has called us all with a great purpose and destiny, but it's to use us for him. Everyone has a battle that they are going to face. We all know that, right? Everyone has a battle that they are going to face. But why sometimes when we're with our husbands and our wives, our children, our parents, our family, do we go into battle with them and one person comes out free in a way you can't even imagine and the other comes out with scars, wounds, and they don't see it? Well, there's a reason for that because God did not, that was not the battle that they had to overcome. That was for the person that God called to fight that battle. Now, I'm going to say that when we go in here, it says, in Moses, along Moses' side, he held his staff, and the Israelites had the advantage. Whenever Moses dropped his hands, they began to gain the advantage. So when he, he began to drop down, they began to gain advantage. But Moses' arms soon became tired, and he could no longer hold them up. I tell you, when I went through a, a, bit, a huge battle in my life, the battle that began God's ministry for my life, very early on, it got to a place of I could not even physically hold myself up anymore. I couldn't physically, I didn't understand what was going on. I couldn't do it. But God calls those alongside us, those that are intended to be there to hold your arms up. And let's talk about that. So Aaron and her found a stone to sit on, and they stood on either side of Moses, holding up his hands so that his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle after the victory. Wait, I'm going to stop right there because so we see Moses, Aaron, her, and Joshua. Who do you think that battle, and I want to kind of deviate off here just a minute. Who do you think that battle was the hardest for? Well, let's see. There's Moses who heard from God, who knew what he had to do, who held his hands up. But even though it was hard and over weak and he was overwhelmed, it was hard I mean, he was probably sweating, dying. The arms are killing. If you tried to sit here and hold your hands up this entire service, it would burn. There would be some burning. So it was hard for Moses. It was hard for the one that was called, that heard. Then there's Joshua. Joshua was on the field. He was down there in it. He was getting to fight. He was fighting for what God was doing. He was getting to see the results. He was taking out the enemy. He was in that place that every guy in this building wants to be in. He was fighting. He was doing it. And, and he trusted Moses and he was conquering. But let's think about Aaron and her for a minute. Let's think about, we have Moses who heard and knew from God. We have Joshua that got to do the action and fight the battle because that was what his call position was. But what were Aaron and her called to do? Aaron and her were called to hold up the arms of Moses for the victory to happen. The victory couldn't have happened without Aaron and her. It could have happened without them. But see, they weren't the first to hear. They weren't the ones to fight but they were the ones that in the middle of everything had to be the ones that held on when Moses couldn't hold on. And they had to be the ones that didn't see the battle, weren't a part of the action, but they were as as important. God is speaking to someone today or multiple people who were called to be the Aaron and her, who were called to hold up the hands of the ones who were weak. And the enemy is trying to tell you that, that you are not important in this thing, that you are not, that you are not a part of it in that battle without the Aaron and her. But we have to be careful in being Aaron's and hers for this reason. If we're standing with someone who's going through a great battle, and it's usually someone you love and have that relationship with and are very close to, a child, a parent, a spouse, someone very close, an aunt, any, anyone. But think of that person that you are extremely close to, the person that you would lay down your life for. Does everybody have that person in their mind? Okay, so we have this person that we would lay down our life for. And what can happen is we see them walk through this battle. And we would jump in front of a train. We would do what we've got to do. We would fight what we have to fight. We think that's our reaction. But the truth of the matter is that we open ourselves up to the enemy when we try to control and do what only God can do. Amen? 
Has anybody ever been in a situation with a child, a spouse, a parent who you had the best of intentions, you were going to fix this thing for them? And maybe in that moment, in that situation, you did in that instance fix that for them. But then they're fighting the same battle two months later, years later, three, because the reason is they did not get the victory for themselves. Amen. They didn't get the victory. What happened was the Aaron and her, instead of holding up the hands, they jumped in that thing, tried to bump Moses out of the way and say, okay, we're going to do it. But see, they knew. See, because what happened was, and it says in the scripture before that, Moses took them with him. He took the elders with him. Those people that you love in your life, they're taking them you're, they're taking you with them. God called you in their life to hold them up when they can't hold themselves up. And that's why it's so important for us to be sensitive to the spirit of God. Because I'm here firsthand to tell you, as Aaron's and hers, when we act in that calling and when we hold up the hands, not having the answers, but doing what God's called us to do, then the glory and the victory happens. But when we jump in, not in God's will, not in God's plan, not asking God, we can be taken out. And I'm firsthand here to tell you, I know that when I was going through the biggest battle of my life, that God called in errands and hers and support and some, man, God blessed, and then some got taken out. Because God did not call them to that battle. That battle was life and death for the person that God put that on because God knew what he put in that person. And God knew in order to get what God wanted, that person had to let go of what they were holding on to. See, when you're fighting someone else's battle for them, you're fighting a battle that was never meant for you. They got the victory. They got the healing because they were called to that battle. God was using them to overcome that thing. You were never meant to overcome that thing. Don't worry. You're going to have your battle too. You will have the God's victory in that thing. But when we jump in and we try it, and I know as moms, and that's, I'm not a dad, so I can't speak, but I look at cricket and we want to jump in and fix it all. Oh, we want to do it. You know, we see it. We want to do it. We want to fix it. But I tell you this, if we fix it every time, they're never going to get the victory that God intended them to get from the victory. Amen. And when we are talking about spiritual warfare, when we are talking about the time that we live in now, it can be life and death in these situations. When we jump into things without the counsel of God, when we jump in and we fight battles we were never meant to fight, we're opening ourselves up to the enemy taking us out. Amen? That's why it is so important in this revival, in this time from God, that we hear from God in every area of our life. I want you to raise your hand this morning if you are believing to hear God for what your calling is, what your purpose is, what you are to do, amen. And I believe that he is going to answer that. Raise your hand here this morning if you are believing this revival for a child, a parent, a sister, a brother to come back to God, to find their calling in God. Be set free, amen. Raise your hand if you are here to in this revival to worship God, to thank God for everything that he has done in your life. I heard this the other day, and it's so true. If you are on this earth today and you serve God, you are living in answered prayer right now. You are living in some area of your life, something that you prayed for a long time ago. You are living it out today. That should be the evidence in your life. God answered it then, he will answer it now. What you believe for, what you seek him for in faith, he will answer. That's why it says, see, I am doing a new thing. That's why it says in Philippians 4, leave that which is old behind and reach forward to the things that are ahead. We have got to stop looking back in the time we live in and reach forward to what is ahead. Who cares what the enemy did in the past? That is under the blood. That is God taken care of. He has handled it. He has got it. We've got to let it go. Say that with me this morning. Let it go. Let it go. Amen. We've got to let it go. You're the only one still holding on to it. I'm the only one still holding on to it. If I choose to. 
we are going to declare today that we are going to do what the Bible tells us to do. And that is we are going to reach forward to what is ahead. Press forward towards the goal prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's what that's what this revival is going to be about. And I believe that's why God brought me here today and to speak this message that was from him, not me. Because what he's saying is this. This is the preparation for what I'm about to do. This is the preparation, and we've got to let go. There's some of us here today. There's even areas in my life, all of us, no one's immune to this. We've got to let it go. We've got to once and for all decide, because only we can, that we've got to let it go. We've got to. It hurt. It was wrong. It was totally not right. You're 100% right about that. But we've got to let it go. We've got to look at that thing that almost destroyed us, those people that hurt us, those lies that were told, that thing that happened, and we've got to let it go. That's the only way to move forward in freedom. It can be absolutely true, that situation that happened. A lot of times there's no question. But we have to make the choice to let it go because what God is saying is I'm doing a new thing. He is sitting there ready to go. He is the lion. He is ready for this revival. But if we keep looking back over here, he's saying, look over here. You're looking at what happened. It is time we look at what is ahead. We time, it's time we see what is on the horizon, what I'm doing tomorrow. So we are going to declare and decide today that after today, we are laying it down. We've let it go because he is ready to do something in your life. But in order for him to do that, we're letting it go today. We are declaring it. Even if we don't feel it, we don't feel like we did, we are speaking it in faith and we are going to do it irregardless of how we feel at this moment. So these are the points in this message, in this this example of Moses, that one, no person can fight your battle for you. And you can't fight it for another person. But you can fight it with them. And they can fight it with you. I just want to encourage you today. Maybe you have people in your life that love you. You know they love you. You know they want the best for you. Like there's no question. And you're not letting them help you. You're not letting them pray with you. You're not letting them let them. God has them there to hold up your arms. I want to speak to someone today who may be watching this and doesn't have an heir and a her, an elder, someone godly in their life. And I know for us that's hard to imagine, but so much of the world does not. We have to see what's out there in that the world does not have what we have. So what we have to do is we have to intercede and we have to help those and help hold up the arms of those who are on the brink and on the edge. So I just want to encourage you today, if you are watching and there's no one there to hold up your arms, there's, you have no one in your life and you are at the brink and at the edge, I just want to let you know this morning that we are here as a church praying for you, that God sees you in your situation, that God has compassion, that God has love, and that God wants to see you make it through this thing you're in. And if you don't have anybody out there, you have people in here. Amen? You have people here. Amen? And in your local churches that will hold your arms up if you have no one. Number two, and I just mentioned it, but you can't fight someone else's battle. This one's so hard. This one's hard for me. This one's hard for cricket. No question. You can't fight someone else's battle. And I think a lot of times out of love, number one, out of relationship, out of we call it instinct, we want to fight for those we love. And we do fight. But there are all different types of ways to fight. Amen? And it's God's way of fighting that brings the true breakthrough. If we are fighting it in our own strength, if we are fighting it in the way the world tells us to fight it, we will never win because it's the way that the enemy fights things. He fights our mind. He fights our emotions. He fights everything. But God's way will always bring the victory. Amen? And it's important to remember this last part of that scripture. So see, when Moses had his hands up and they were coming down and they began to lose the battle, and then Aaron and her came in and held his arms up when he couldn't. And they ultimately 
Joshua won that battle, and it was the victory, all of them working together. What it revealed is you've got to remember this. Because I'll tell you, at one time, I didn't even see this in my life, I know. But this battle was not meant to kill you. It was meant to reveal something to you. So when you are in the midst of the battle, when you are broken, when you are sick, when you're physically ill, when you're at the end of your rope, when you feel ashamed, when your kids see you weaker than you've ever been, when you have nothing you can do, when people are talking about you, when people are stomping on you, when people are lying about you, when your own mind is telling you you're not good enough, remember this, it is just that, it is a battle. And in the battle was not meant to kill you. The battle was meant to reveal a great secret in your life that has been hidden from you in your life for a long time. When you are faced with a battle you've never faced before, what it really is happening on the inside is the enemy is trying with all his might to conceal what God is trying to do. And God is, trying, God is with all his might, revealing to you what he has been wanting to reveal to you. That is the only purpose of the battle is for God to get the glory and for God to reveal to you what he's trying to reveal to you. So if you're in a battle today and you think it is going to kill you, it's going to be the thing that just kills you. I've been there. You know, you, you feel physically sick. You are sick. You can't figure out what's going on. There's no direction. There's no way out of a hard situation. You feel like you're dying. People see you and they think, man, Is she physically dying? Is he physically dying? What's going on with them? People are talking. This is going on. You're at the end of your rope. You say, this is going to be the thing that kills me. Know this. It is not meant to kill you. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. That God is trying to reveal something to you he's never been able to reveal before because we don't let him. We don't know it. We don't know what God is doing at all times, but he does. And he's saying, I've chosen this time, this time in your life, this appointed time, these appointed people, because now is time, and I'm going to reveal something to you I've never revealed before. Is anybody in this room facing any type of battle right now? If you are facing a battle of any kind right now, maybe it's a battle for other people. Maybe it's not your kids or someone else or yourself. Know this, it is not going to kill you, but if you see God in it, it is going to reveal something that has never been revealed to you before. Amen. And you can begin to claim that in Jesus' name. So as we go through this revival life we've talked about, we've got to let go. We've got to press forward. We've got to stop fighting battles that are not ours to fight. But then God wants to reveal something. And like I said, we are going to use this time. If it's okay with you guys too, we're going to let the Holy Spirit begin to have his way. And I believe at any point in this service, whether it was the beginning, middle, end, the Holy Spirit, always, I pray that he comes in. I don't care what I have planned to do. The Holy Spirit can come in and do whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it. Amen? But what we're going to do is we're going to end this service today because ultimately, what is all this about? So what is this transformation? What is this revival thing about? And God gave me a scripture, and it was already in here, but it was somewhere else. God's allowed to move things around when he wants to. Because he wants us to get out of it what he wants us to get out of it. Because he's got a purpose. And because he is going to reveal something to you that you have been waiting for him to reveal. And that's this. And that is John... 8, 36, and 37. And it says, So if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Yet you've got to realize that you are descendants of Abraham. So today, as we close out this service, we are going to begin to declare. The Bible tells us, who in here believes this morning that the word of God is true? Amen? Who here believes this morning that the word of God is alive, it's real, it's active, it's working, and that it is put here for us? It is put here for us to seek out and understand the things that we don't understand, the things that we cannot understand. God doesn't give us the whole book from 
the beginning to the end. He doesn't give us the entire plan. We have to trust and we have to have faith. I know this, if I knew the whole plan for my life, if I knew everything from start to finish, I couldn't handle it. Amen? Amen? We can't handle everything that God knows because God knows the plan purpose and he sees the beginning from the end. So we're about to do something right now where you are. And I believe that God is going to move during this time because who the son sets free is free indeed. And I don't know who's here this morning. I know there are areas in my life. So this is for me as much as anyone here today. And if it's for one person, glory to God. Amen. But we are going to start declaring that. And I'm going to begin to declare what this revival is going to be about. Because who the Son sets free is free indeed. And it's free in a way that you have never been free before. Amen. So we're going to begin singing now a song that a lot of you guys have heard. But it is, it is in essence, this scripture. And we're going to lift our voices and we're going to speak it out. And we're going to raise our voices, whether you want to stand, sit, come forward. However the Holy Spirit moves in you. Take this time and prepare yourself for what I know that God is about to do over the next month. God laid it on our hearts to have all the minister ministries and the staff to have this revival. It was time. It was stirring because God is doing something. This isn't people. This is God speaking, saying, this is a time of revival. That means he wants to touch someone here today, whether it be one, two, ten, a hundred, a thousand. The sky is the limit with God. God is going to do what God is going to do. And I'm going to continue to talk and speak. But they are going to start singing, and we're going to begin to declare, and we are going to begin to say what God says. And I want you guys to hear and receive what God is speaking to you. to do over these next few weeks. Believe for what God is going to do, that he can and will do it if you seek him in this moment and in every moment going forward.
morning. Declare you're a child of God today. Amen. Declare that over your life.
that you are going to move in the lives of your people in a way that you have never moved before, God. We are desperate. We are desperate from you, God. Those who are here, those who are at home in front of the TV, in front of their phones, crying out to you right now, God. They are in desperate need of what you are trying to do. They are in desperate need of freedom, God. And every person who has stayed, who has stayed in this room and remained here, God, we are speaking now in faith. We are believing you and only you for what you promise us, God. And that is a freedom that can only be found in you. We are believing that this revival that is coming, we know God is from you, it is for a purpose, and we are believing for things that we have never seen before. For some of us, we're believing for things that we have been believing for for a long time, God. And we are believing to see those manifest in this season, in this appointed time, in Jesus' name. We are believing for those who have first come to you, God, who have just now turned to you, Lord. We are believing to see miracle, to see change, to see refreshing, to see the thing that we have been waiting for in our lives. God, you are so faithful. And now we just want to declare, God, your Holy Spirit, that your move, the move of God, the move of your spirit be in and around in every area of this revival, God. God, we ask you to put down any of us and fill us up with all of you, God. Let every person that speaks, ministers, prays, plays the music, all of it, God, that it come from you. That your Holy Spirit fill them. That your Holy Spirit fill them so full. Fill them up in a way that they have never felt, been filled before. So that, God, your Holy Spirit can move in this room, in Camden, in every place that this revival touches online in a way it has never moved before because, God, we declare today we are open. We are open to what the Holy Spirit is going to do. We are open to what you are doing, God. God, we have heard, we have heard, God, you speak in our lives, God, and now we seek for more of it, God. We seek for more of you. We speak, we seek for direction, God, and today we thank you and we declare, God, we have been set free, Lord. We have made the choice and the decision to let go of that thing that has been holding us back. Let go of that thing that has been keeping us in bondage. Not just say we're done, but truly be done. We declare today that it is gone in Jesus' name. It is gone in Jesus' name. We will not look back anymore. The prize is ahead. The goal is ahead. Jesus in his ministry did many, many miracles. But Jesus moved forward. He went from place to place and place. Healing the lost. Healing the sick. He went spreading God's word. But Jesus continued to move forward forward in everything he did. God, we just declare today, God, we just bind that spirit of death that is in the past and we speak forth the life that is of what's to head in Jesus name. We speak forth the life that comes when we do what your word says and we move forward and we let it go and we no longer dwell over that thing anymore, God. God, I speak now against any spirit of Bind any spirit of sickness, any spirit of infirmity, God. We just bind right now how the enemy would use situations and circumstances and people to speak into our life, God, that it's not forgotten. Because we declare today that it is God. We declare your word that it is, and that is more powerful than anything on this earth. And I know here today there are some of you that have been bound for a long time and not been able to let go of the past, not been able to let go of what was. But now God is doing a new thing in you today. God came here for you today and for you and for you and for every individual person. We forget sometimes God is big enough. He's here for everyone. So you believe for you that he is here for you specifically today because he's here for you. No one else in this moment but you. He is here for you. And he's here to answer the thing that you have been praying for for a long time. He's here to answer the thing that you've been believing for. And he will be able to do it in Jesus' name because you have let go of the past. He's saying, please let go. Please let go. Let me have my way. Please let go. Let go. 
All I'm waiting for is for you to let go and ask me in. All I'm waiting for is for you to turn it over to me. You're fighting it. You're fighting it right now, but let it go. Let it go, and I will heal it. I will heal it and make it right. Because the plan I have for it is bigger than anything you think it could be. But you've got to lay it down. Let it go. Put it at the feet of Jesus. That's what this revival is about. Let it go and move forward. Move ahead. Move on with your life. Move on in your destiny. Move on in your calling. And just simply let it go this morning. And live out your life in the freedom of God. In Jesus' name.